Welcome to the latest episode of Cloisterbell Podcast, where we'll be taking a deep dive into the second episode of the Ninth Doctor's run. Today we'll have some very special guests joining us to explore this iconic story. Um, but that's not all. We'll also be sharing some fantastic feedback we've received from our listeners. And we'll have a surprise in store that I think you're going to love. Uh, stay tuned and um, we'll be taking a journey through time and space as we revisit the end of the world. Only on this episode of Cloisterbell Podcast. You're killing it. device reserved for wild catastrophes and sudden calls to man the battle stations. That's the cloister bell. Don't worry about that for now. It's not really terribly significant. The cloister bell? Oh no. So, hello everyone. Hello listeners. Hello, Liam. Are you there? <laughs> yes, I'm here. Hi, Rob. Yeah. Um, we've got two guests with us today. Um, two of our very favourite people. We've got Shona and Carolyn. Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, you've never been on the podcast before. Somehow, no, somehow. No, no, no pressure. How's that? Like, how's how's how it took so long? I haven't guested on anyone's podcast. Nobody's. Caroline. No, what? Caroline, you've get you've guested you. Yeah, I just haven't yet. Yeah, I, I don't think anyone's been purposely excluding me, as far as I know. I think it just hasn't have organically you just had, happened yet. Have you not been on Harry and Luke's? No, I but have. I've had. Yeah, been, you have. Yeah, Caroline has. I've had right. them. I've had them on the podcast twice now. Right. Yeah. Rude. I know, rude. Actually, <laughs> just trying too hard. Yeah. Me... <laughs> please, please invite me on your podcast. <laughs> you can do the Chase and Galaxy Four, just please. <laughs> I was listening to the start of your Galaxy Four, oh. and you, you said. Um, we were talking about doing a video about oh, our secret Santas, and you were saying, oh, by the time this comes out, we'll probably still haven't organised it." We could just do it for next Christmas. <laughs> Regift them. Yeah. <laughs> See if there's something to buy them, <laughs> buy more. Yeah. Um. So we need to plan that. Mm. Yeah, we really do need to catch up on that. Yeah, one. I think I've got an idea about mine. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I've maybe narrowed mine down to two. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> so, so what's new with um, my adventure pod, and what's coming up? Well, so we're into series three. There's a lot of missing episodes. The big thing that's coming up, I guess, is so I've still got the MythMakers to do, but. Right, I have quite an ambitious plan that we might watch all of Dalek Master Plan and then podcast it the same day. Wow. Which, yeah, which might be a bit much. Um, I don't know. I think like Caroline's going to come to mine on Saturday and 
I think we'll watch it, but if we don't have time to podcast it, then it's fine because I don't want to like ruin us. Um, but I think that could be a really fun, a big mm. fun day, <laughs> <laughs> a big fun torturous day. I'm dreading putting a week aside for it. Oh, god. It's yeah. funny enough, we're, we're coming quite close to, yeah. uh, to reviewing that one as well. So the, the competition is, who will get the review of the Daleks Master Plan out first? Who knows? Oh, it will definitely on. be you. <laughs> well, yeah, we've not got our shit together. Well, you say that, but we've we've had it on the uh, we've had a plan for longer than <laughs> longer than I care to admit. We've got it like provisionally planned for the episode after next. In fact, tonight we were going to be recording a little bonus episode about a story called Mission to the Unknown. That's the one I just I have just done. I've not released it, obviously. Um, I've not right. even looked at it. But that was the last one I recorded. Yeah, right. we were going to do that tonight, but we just cancelled that to make time for use. You know. Uh, oh, stop. special. Yeah. Wait, but did you? But did you watch it already? No, no, I didn't. I was oh, going okay, to. I would have done. I would have done it last minute, but yeah, yeah. I'm very hey, last well, minute. There's a fun little ten minute featurette on on YouTube as well that you could. That is usually suggested to you to watch afterwards, and I would highly recommend. Right. Did you yeah, watch the reconstruction? The, not the reconstruction, the 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 remake by the students. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched the one with the uni students. Yeah, it was so it was just such a cool idea. Yeah, like I was yeah I was into it. It was. I think that's what they should do with all of them. Yeah. I think everyone. Yeah, I think they should get students or anyone to go back and. I guess that one's a good one to do because there's not any doctor, no doctor or yeah. yeah yeah exactly so there's no one like pretending to be like well-known actors but ah fuck it like just just do get, it get them in yeah <laughs> just get people in just yeah just remi- they've, they've got the audio and the script to go from like yeah i think it'd be cool mm. what do you think Liam? remaking classics i think yeah i'd be i think that would be quite good just missing it, ones yeah. you know it's like just yeah. if they're missing yeah yeah it's filling in gaps isn't it it's not like redoing it to try and improve on it it's literally oh no just... no, no i mean if, if if they were remaking an unearthly child or the first dalek story i mean <sighs> i think that's where madness lies but yeah. um but yeah do, doing the missing episodes i think would make sense yeah although actually i enjoyed the animated ones of certain bits more than i thought i would because mm. I, I did that when i was on with um with harry and luke actually i think it was just it ended up just being harry that week but um yeah, we did the macro terror that week, and I was like, "This is going to be really dry because it's just sort of like stills, and it's not. It's actually pretty. They're pretty watchable." Mm, I haven't gave them a fair chance. Um, I've only seen a few. I got the first one, which was the invasion, and that was two thousand six. And I've got a few on DVD since, but um, mm-hmm. I prefer the CDs somehow with the narration. Oh, okay, just the audio. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I think anything is better than the the stills admittedly it's not as bad it it's not as hard to watch as i thought it would be but i think i'm only able to watch them like the missing ones that have just got the stills and audio i think i'm kind of only able to watch them because i'm watching them for a podcast like if i think if i was just watching them for fun i'd be like this is a yeah. drag yeah um they need to get some cool artists in like and animate as like japanese anime yeah, they should get different animators different in. Styles. Yeah. Wait, have you guys? Because this opens up a whole conversation about when things get right. Have you guys heard of? Uh, is it called Shrek re? What's it called? It's like just like Shrek redone or something. Can't remember. But it's uh, all these different animators made remade Shrek like frame by frame. 
but so like different animators took like different sections of the film like tiny sections of the film so it's like a patchwork of shrek yeah that sounds wonderfully bonkers no i've not heard of that before oh it's so great and it's all on youtube i can't really remember it's something like shrek redone and shrek i've definitely talked about it on my podcast a few times just because i always think of it just in terms of like missing episodes like recons um but what's so great is that like the (laughs) the the vast range of quality like like some some ones are like like really well done you know and really creative and other ones are so like rough but obviously it's kind of part of the fun like or there's ones that are just real people dressed up in stupid costumes and they're just saying the lines like <laughs> and all wow. the songs all the songs are redone and yeah it's kind of mad um also another thing i thought of was because i watched a documentary about it was I think the documentary was movie just called Raiders, but it was about these kids that remade Indiana Jones frame by frame and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, like free again, like frame by frame, shot for shot when they were kids. And it was like their summer project. And they did it from when they were like 12 to like late teenagers, I guess. Wow. But, oh, and the documentary is so good because the, like the one shot they didn't get was like the airplane exploding, but then they all fell out of touch and like someone got like a drug habit and like, you know, all this drama went on and there was like a really good like emotional story for a documentary. But then the, the documentary is them all getting together to finally do a big budget shot of this airplane exploding to go with the rest of their stupid kid stuff that they made. Um, I feel like I've got way more stories about films that have been reconstructed <laughs> in various ways, but maybe two examples is enough. <laughs> no, but that does sound interesting. I mean, the, the best I can remember, I don't know whether you're aware of this, Rob. I mean, I'm going years back now, probably 15 years. But there was the, there was a bit of a craze for some reason of getting getting old stuff, redubbing it into Geordie. So you had um, the, the Tintin animated series. Someone redid that, redubbed that into Geordie, oh, and then someone got the, the the Star Wars films and did that. And you've got someone talking about Prince Princess Leia. Being, sorry, it's not PC, but call, calling her a Benwell slapper and stuff like that <laughs> by Milton Area Newcastle. So <laughs> I want to watch yes. those now. Uh, oh, that's good. But Amazing. I loved, I loved what, are we, what are any of us doing here mm. with our time? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you ever seen like um, American shows and they they put subtitles over like Cockney accents and things? <laughs> that's what. Oh, that's like, and I, I can understand it like crystal clear. Yeah. Uh, there, there was a um, there was an American um, crime drama. Uh, oh, I, I wish I could remember which one it was, but this was uh, a few years back now, and they had um, they actually had a Geordie in it. Uh, Rob, I couldn't understand a word they were saying. It was it wasn't Geordie at all. It was just some <laughs> English actor just talk, just spout gobbledygook. Oh, and no. they, they actually and he was a witness to the crime. So he's in the interview room giving all the uh, all the information. The policeman can't understand a word he's saying, for he speaks like they do in Newcastle apparently. And uh, they actually had to get a translator in. And that you know, there's the whole scene of going, oh no, he he, he is actually speaking English, but it's Geordie, it's a dialect of you know, it's just like he's not, it's just nonsense. <laughs> it's hilarious. I wish I could remember the TV series now, but <laughs> I remember when I was a kid um watching do you remember like Rab C Nesbit? Mm. <laughs> yes. And like Yeah. I mean I've got a of lot of course. Scottish cousins and stuff, but like I was watching it like it was some alien language. I was like, what is this? <laughs> Yeah, some of us felt like Rams, you know, but was alien. Yeah. 
I was just thinking that on. I don't know if you guys know what Scott Squad is. But we have it here. It's like a. a it's they maybe only show it on Scott. They maybe only show it on Scottish TV. I feel I like know. it's a BBC Scotland. BBC thing. Scotland. I don't think it would go down well. Yeah, it's just like else. well, it's just like about it, it. Yeah, it's just like a wee program about like comedy about Scottish policemen. But it's all you know. They're but they're kind of they're, they're it's pretty goofy. Like it's like a sort of fake documentary type thing. It's yeah. 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 Um, and them getting getting into scrapes and stuff. But there's one where they get these two guys in, and uh, they're what we might call they're, they're what we might call bams. So I don't know how would you describe a bam like <laughs> bams like a, I, would, I don't know so an intelligible. You started that off so cultured. I don't know how to. Boss might go, oh but like God. we know what a bam is, but I don't know how to quite describe it. I don't mean uh, like a I junkie, mean, not necessarily like a junkie, not really. Just like a, it's like delinquent. a high class junkie. <laughs> and like a delinquent, like like and and you can't understand a fucking word that they're you know their speech has been mangled by possibly substance abuse, but also just life. Like and the you it's know like, and you like Denny's like bam language, and they, in Scott's called they got this thing where they're like. They get in, you know, and they get in like a BAM translator and they're, they're <laughs> sitting him and he's like, they're like, right, so can you ask him, you know, what exactly happened at the, it, it, during the incident? I see what I saw my friend. Okay, so he says that he spoke to his friends. <laughs> it's very, very silly. I mean, we are Scottish and sometimes we don't have a clue what they're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I, you know, some people in Glasgow that's start talking to me and I'm like uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you think you're alright when you're Scottish until you're an Edinburgh person in Glasgow and realise that it's a different totally oh, different they can, they can sniff me out a, a mile away yeah. anyone, anyone <laughs> they know no, they, they know any, they, they, no they do and they say to me like they're like and you're not from Glasgow are you <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> Jesus <laughs> no okay <laughs> you've rumbled me guys no they know they know right away do any of you try and like um, talk more clear on the podcast? Or do you, Liam? I don't think you do. No, I no. make no attempt. I just. Yeah. Um... I think I start with good intentions, and as the night goes on, I just get more and more <laughs> completely and utterly. Sorry, like, what? Ravaged. And everyone's like, what are you saying? <laughs> what? Yeah. What? <laughs> Depends how angry I am. I think I get more Scottish the more like riled I get by things. <laughs> oh yeah, like I turn into my dad when I'm furious when <laughs> I start saying things I've like never said. <laughs> also, um earlier on this evening, I've just remembered, uh my youngest daughter asked um Do Ood have willies? <laughs> She's only six. Jeez. Okay. Why is she not presenting this stuff? Get yes. the kid on. She sounds great. <laughs> and she said, Probably... do you think it looks like those things out the mouth? <laughs> oh, my God. She sounds amazing. <laughs> Asking the big questions. <laughs> I mean... Because I was going to say we were all thinking it, but no. No one were. <laughs> but now we are. Now you all are, guys. How's that image working out for y'all? I was about to say, I mean, they're basic. Uh, apart, apart from their face, they look basically humanoid. But I don't know what the point of that thought was. Like, but then okay. if, they, if they've got part of their brain in their hand, God knows where that where anything else is coming yeah. out of. I mean, are they all men? I don't know. I don't know. I think they're they're usually discussed. It's 
they're they normally are described as male, aren't they? Like they'll normally they'll norm they'll they'll normally say like he's doing this, like and, they, and they're all wearing like a suit, <laughs> like a like a like a man's suit. <laughs> There's not really any way to distinguish them though. Like I don't know, they mm. might all be different. Maybe. They might all just be like non-gendered. I don't know. Maybe there's nothing down there. I mean, there's none of them with like better <laughs> eyelashes or you know, yeah, like just sort of action man vibes, just plastic underpants and a trademark. That's it. I'm just gonna plug in my laptop, guys. Hold on. That, um, that is always a good thing. I feel like we always have a technical drama between us. I remember we were doing the live stream once, and I just casually looked, and my laptop was on one percent. <gasps> oh no. Shit. <laughs> You're you're like the centerpiece of the whole thing. If oh you've gone offline, we'd have just all been sitting going, ah! Remember that first night where the the sound wasn't working? And I, I honestly thought, I, I want to just close it and walk away. And then, yeah. well, I'll just not go on Twitter ever again. Yeah, yeah, we'll just not ask. It's fine. Well, the, the very first one we did, though, I'm sure was the one where Shona and I were stuck in the middle of that COP26 thing and we had done like about 15 laps of Glasgow City oh. Centre trying to oh get home God. and we were like I remember it's like that again now yes. it's, it's like that again because they're doing up the road and oh, it's just boring but if it's that just happens like, again oh, no. download the Skype app and just just go from just <laughs> do yeah, it on the street on the road yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think because that was the first one as well we were so stressed about it weren't we we were like oh we're gonna get back and yeah. And what yeah. should have been like a really simple outing because we were so hungover and we were just attempting a bit of pizza. And then yeah. I think by the end of the day, I'd done something like about 26,000 steps by the time we got home for a pizza. It was just absolutely fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it was tough. I'm sure my little Fitbit thing had said we'd done 16K and I was like, the pub's there. <laughs> this is outrageous. I could see my house. No. Yeah, but it's just there. No. <laughs> No. And all the policemen went, just keep going. No, but your mates up the road said that. And then they told us to walk through the darkest, rapiest park in Glasgow. And we just walked oh, yeah. up through the park and we're like, none of you are from here. And they're like, no, we've all been shipped up from Kent. I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, did they say that? Right. Yeah. Ah, they were all, some of them had all the, the huh, they were all English police that had been shipped up for the event. So none of them knew what, anything about Glasgow <laughs> and then tried to send two girls on the road through a dark, rapey park. I was like, thanks, guys. Yeah, I'm sure that went well. Uh, English yeah, policemen that... coming up to police the Scottish. I mean, as it yeah. should be. But, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we took to that mm. really well. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I was reading a couple of things about um, Batwoman that was getting made in Glasgow. Oh, yeah. And, like, ultimately that, that's been cancelled. But there was people that were speak, speaking out to the papers about um, how they, were, they weren't letting them get into the houses. Like, they'd blocked the street off. That was off. what they we were, had. Yeah. yeah. That was what we had that night was where Shona lives was kind of on the main street into where they were using and so they had barricaded down the sides of the street and the way we had gone out they had then shut everything because at that point all the sort of delegates had gone from one building to another so we got to a point eventually having gone like sort of five streets down and round the back of the uni and all the way down and we got to like literally across the roads yeah. And about 100 metres up the road and went, that, that's our door there. And like Joe Biden's car isn't coming. So could we just nip like two, me- 
two meters that way across the road. And they were like, nope. Just think round. of all the petrol and diesel that's getting used because people got to drive round and round just to get but home. Nobody was driving <laughs> round and round. That's the point. Is they were going, well, oh, no, it's for all the delegates coming up and down. Like, well, they've just sat down to dinner. It's like eight o'clock. Yeah. Well, what they said no, I mean, the Kelvin people girls. trying to get home. Like, yeah. well, what what they said was they were like, oh, it wasn't so hard earlier on because they all arrived in like one big bus yeah or, so, or like not very many vehicles so they were like oh we were able to like know when the vehicles were coming and then let people kind of cross the street and stuff but now they're all just leaving randomly in like all these separate vehicles so it was like but, uh, a bit like anti-cop 26 we, walked around, we didn't <laughs> see a single so. friggin car there was yeah. nothing went up and down that road for like the three hours yeah. we were walking i mean there i appreciate that they car. couldn't I appreciate that they couldn't let us run across the road because then they'd have to let everyone run across the road and then they oh, wouldn't yeah, I get to it, shut but the just road. if they'd had like a couple of crossing points and just gone, do you know what? Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a sure. couple of crossing points halfway up would have solved a lot, a lot of blisters. In Imagine my case. if they did just let one person, oh, there'd be riots. <laughs> yeah. Riot. There'd be a riot. Yeah. Yeah. Again, the English <laughs> telling the Glaswegians what to do. <laughs> Just uh, one thing if it was like us trying to get to the flat but most of them it was stopping them getting to the pub and I think yeah, that right. again that way na 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 they're brave or very stupid mm. it was a tough night wasn't it yeah. oh, man that was grim uh, I'm going to grab a drink Um, I don't know what to have I've got oh okay can we help Pekin and Toffee Stout oh right um Waltz into winter. I think I had that last week. <laughs> Waltz uh, into winter. Well, it's coming up I, for spring. Don't well, make so... me open that one. I've just dropped it. <laughs> Dead that Pony one, Club. Oh yeah, classic. Nice. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> um, Lost in Blood Orange. Oh, I've not Ooh. tried that one. Okay, so, no, so... I have major envy now because I like a Lost, but I also really like Blood Okay, Orange, this one's layer that. cake. It's it's like a Guinness, but it's with marshmallow and chocolate. I, that sounds sick. <laughs> I don't mean that in the modern way that the young sick. kids... That's like, sick. Like, yeah, sick and twisted. Frank. You've got lots of sweet ones there, haven't you? You've got a... mm. Mm. Maybe I'll go for the orange one. Yeah, I've got yeah. major envy. Tell me if it's good, and then tell me where to get okay. it because I've never seen it. But I need, I need some of that in my life because I like. I got some of the lost lager during lockdown. Right. They were doing like a freebie thing where they were sending out crates. But I love blood orange stuff, so if it's nice, mm. I want to know. I am involved. It's really bitter. Um, mm, it's got like aftertaste orange. It's not like. Yeah. overwhelming okay. if you'd already had a few and someone give you that you wouldn't even notice it was orange oh okay well that's a bit sad so um coming up later on i did something so I, always a worry yeah so last night i messaged you all asking things about your character or your personality um because i used an ai chatbot to write a story about all of us. <laughs> that wasn't where I thought that was going. Okay. <laughs> so it knows a lot about each of you. Jesus. Um, and what it's done is it's wrote a script for a Doctor Who 
episode with us in. What? And I haven't read it yet. This is a dream come true. Oh my goodness. It's called Fish and Chips and Robot Apocalypse. <laughs> yes. Is that the name that gave it? Yeah, that's the name it gave it. The AI wow. made it. And it's all about wow. us. What was oh that? Fish, fish and chips and what? Can we just start a new sort of combined podcast yeah. that's called that? Because that's amazing. Fish and chips and robot apocalypse. Amazing, yeah. So I can't I wait for it. that. I love that it. Is, that is like I I didn't I hadn't really thought what it was going to be raw, but I like it's way better than anything I could have imagined. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're all up for um for doing it. I'll send you all the script and we'll just we'll just do it. I haven't read it, so I don't know how yes. it's going to work out. Oh, this is my bag. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get to the fun stuff, um, Doctor Who, the end of the world. We'll talk about that. Yes. Shall we? Yeah. Yeah. I suppose. I want to get the AI well. story. <laughs> yeah. You can't just dangle that carrot. <laughs> well, I'll get it. We'll get through this really quick. Okay, so, so the ninth Doctor takes his new companion, Rose Tyler, to the year uh, 5 billion uh, to see the sun expand and destroy the Earth. The Observation Deck Space Station Platform 1 is holding an event with the richest beings in time observing the Earth's destruction. But mysterious metal spiders gifted by the adherents of the repeated meme um, to the other guests are seek, um, yeah, secretly infiltrating and sabotaging the station. Cast and crew, Chris Bettelson as the Ninth Doctor, Billy Piper as Rose Tyler, Simon Day as Steward, Yasmin Bannerman as Jabe, Jimmy V as Mox of Balhoun. Um, Jimmy V's played lots of little people in um Doctor Who. Yeah. Um he's actually the only small adult actor in this. The all the little blue people are actually kids. Uh I was reading in one of my behind the scenes books that uh all the papers were reporting that um Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was filmed at the same time and they'd hired all the midgets in the UK. No what which is Absolute bollocks because there's Stop only one it. there's only one Umpa Lumpa in Charlie and the Tractor Factory played by one man. Oh, I'm the new thing. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. oh, don't Deep even Roy. get me yeah, Deep started Roy. on that crap. Yeah, yeah. So oh, it was uh, just a the actor's name. Fake and news. He's he's been in everything. Uh he was actually in uh, a couple of episodes of Classic Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think famous for being in the tones of Wang Chiang. Yeah. But he's been in Blake Seven and a whole load of like Has anyone seen that creepy creepy X Files episode where he's on like he's on wheels and he <gasps> get, oh, goes in, inside inside that guy's tummy. Oh, that big guy. That's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. He's like yeah, the wheels are squeaking and he's just slowly walking along the floor. Oh that's that's really weird. It reminds me of those things in Return to Oz as well. You know that I was the like, wheelers. That freaked me yeah, out. Yeah, it's got that vibe about it. No thanks. Yeah, creepy. We've met so G- Jimmy they... V before, haven't we, Liam? Oh, yeah. sorry. Really? We've we've met Jimmy V. Yes, we have. Yeah. Yes. I um, can't, was that the first or the second convention? I can't remember now. I think it was the second. So he played a lot of uh, monsters in Sterogene Adventures, like the Grask, things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got um, I got him to sign a Grask print for my daughter, who loves Sarah Jane. Um, so that was nice. Um, and he also plays R2-D2 from the, um, what's it, the second one onwards, the 
Last Jedi uh, onwards. Yeah, the last two. Oh, films. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Wait, the wait, the prequels are the, um, the no, the, the last the new Jedi. Ones. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so the last cool. Jedi. And last one, yeah. Um, I, I think he'd already started doing it, but hadn't announced it when we met him, Liam. So he was already doing Star Wars, but nobody knew. And that's interesting because when we went to see him, he was by himself in the room because not it, it was like one of the one of the guests there that not not many people were interested in. I feel like if people Aww. knew. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that's a bit of yeah. There was a couple of guests like that. In fact, because I remember that there was one of them who I was very keen to. I've forgotten her name now, but really good actress. Uh, and I know her. She was in the uh, the sketch show Goodness Gracious Me, and oh, I really and wanted to meet her. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she arrived a bit late and then by the time she left, cause there was just no one, no one was interested. And that was, that's a, yeah, sad. But. So was it Mina Sayal or was it the other one? Um, I think, oh, it, may, I think I, it, it may be, I, yes. It might I, be, but I'm useless, I'm useless with names. Yeah. So. Cause she was in, yeah, she's in the Siludian ones, isn't she? Is she? Oh yeah. yeah. Sounds familiar. Yes. Yeah. I think it's her. So Cassandra, back to the cast, sorry. Uh is it is it Zoe Wanamaker? How do you pronounce yeah. it? Yeah. And we've got Jackie Taylor. I think that's it for the main cast. Written by Russell and directed by Euros Lynn. He's directed a few other stories. I'm sure we've reviewed some of them, Liam. Yeah, Liam yeah. Liam's quite familiar. Yeah, uh, t- yeah, definitely written, uh, written, uh, directed an awful lot of Doctor Who. So yeah, um, he was a big player in the Russell T Davis era, wasn't he? Yeah, mm-hmm. um, he was actually in Siberia, and he read on the news that Russell was making Doctor Who, so he emailed him and Julie Gardner, and then they gave him episode two. Oh my goodness! Yeah, bold <laughs> direct email. Yeah. So there's some early artwork. I sent you it all on WhatsApp. Um, mm. I'm also the the day this podcast comes out, um, I'll post this on social media so everyone can see. So there's some concept sketches from Russell T Davies. So we can see Cassandra looking quite cartoonish. Um, and there's also two storyboards of Rose, and this is from an a sequence that they dropped where she's in the viewing room. And the whole set was going to tilt 90 degrees and she was going to be hanging and she'd fall on the glass and the glass would be cracking beneath her feet. Oh, wow. But that's just absolutely bonkers, so they didn't do it. Ah, <laughs> oh, bloody it's lack sh- of that budget. That would have been amazing. Mm. Yeah, because I was, I was kind of thinking when I watched it, she, oh, she doesn't get to do much in this room. <laughs> she <Yeah>. just hides. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, what are you going to do? Mm. <laughs> she, she talks to a plumber as well. So. Yeah. <laughs> that um that scene with the plumber was added quite well after because the episode was too short so they just threw that in I, I guess it, yeah I guess it's kind of random I suppose it kind of sets a precedent for Rose being you know the kind of human affairs person like she's always she's always kind of chatting to, chatting to the locals yeah it was um, quite yeah, a, it's... in contrast with all the other weird characters we see it's the first alien we see um, who like has like a humanity to themselves. Like, that was a nice scene until she died. Yeah, I mean they, they put sort of crowbarred her in and then really quickly just pulled her straight back out of again. They're like, oh, we're yeah. not 
tying any loose ends up with you, love. Yeah, but but you're right, Rob. Yeah, because there there is like an alien parade at the start, <laughs> um, and it's so bonkers and amazing. And it's like, yeah, we're 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 in Doctor Who proper now. But yeah, it's pretty nice to get a normal conversation. And it's like, oh well, you know, these aliens are just like they're just like us. Like they're plumbers and they and they chat and whatever. Yeah. So the doctor takes Rose where she wants to go. Um, he says like a hundred years, ten thousand years in the future, um, and then they go to the air uh, five billion. Um, that opening scene where she literally runs in from the outside into the TARDIS. Um, that was a su- suggestion from Euroslin. Russell wanted the episode to start a little bit later, um, but the director wanted this momentum going, so. It, it followed through there. Um, so she, she steps out on the platform one, um, overlooking the earth, and um, the doctor presents her with, like, what's happening? This is, like, the end of the world. Um, do you think it was a good opening? I really liked when she came out of the TARDIS and the first shot is of, like, that vent. Because it's, like... She's and it's just this kind of pretty boring place until you see until you see kind of the viewing window and you see the the sun and everything, but there's all this kind of build up where they're like oh yeah okay we're on an alien planet and she's like right outside that door yeah 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 and they step outside and it looks just like fucking anywhere <laughs> yeah I think the the doctor's really showing off that first little bit in the tire just before she steps out he's really showing off like a hundred years is boring ten thousand years nah I can do better than that goes as far as it's humanly possible to go and then it's like you're totally expecting the ta-da and there'll be some sort of huge cgi'd galaxy and you go ah no corridor okay yeah it's still doctor yeah. <laughs> yeah, <a little laughs> there's bit. corridors we're back it's it's kind of um, nice I guess because this is sort of so early in Doctor Who, for a lot of people, if you had only just jumped on board, this is only the second episode of the sort of revival as well. I guess it was quite nice to set a lot of the kind of precedents and, and kind of hark back to what the show's about a little bit as well. Yeah. Um, it's funny also to think that in the whole of Series 1, apart from just being in space, orbiting Earth, she never leaves Earth. Mm. Um, I was thinking about that. Like, it's weird. There's no, there's no alien planets. But I think, I mean, obviously that was a that was a deliberate decision. Doctor Who was coming back for the first time, and they wanted it obviously to be a success. But no one knew at the time whether it would be or not. They needed it to be um, as accessible as possible. Mm-hmm. And I think, in terms of, I mean, obviously, as we know, Russell T Davis is a massive Doctor Who fan. I think he was looking at the the Barry Letts, Terence Dix, John Pertwee era. Because effectively, that was a relaunch of Doctor Who because it very nearly got cancelled at the end of yeah. Troughton's era. It came back, and it came back grounded, set on Earth. Viewers would be able to relate to it. So I think that was a, a deliberate thing that Russell T. Davis wanted to do. Obviously, it's science fiction. Um, so you, you can have the monsters and everything like that. And I actually think this episode may not be the best russell t davis episode that he's written he, you know uh, written better ones but i think this is actually a really good example of you know if you were to point to an episode of going what's rtd's doctor who about our point of this one for that re- i don't want to leap ahead we'll talk about it later rob but but um 
you know that, that that balance of aliens and everything like that and then the end scene but anyway we'll get to that later but yeah he i guess russell t davis is a massive doctor who fan but also so much of his past writing was sitcom soap opera mm. like yeah d- domestic stories and he does domestic so well um yes which, yeah, yeah it's yeah. kind of a like a flagship of his doctor who i suppose so we'll move on to i think when the they meet the guests so they've um they've explored this place the platform one a little bit they've met the steward and this is the first time we see the psychic paper i believe yeah we didn't see it last episode did we Mm -hmm. Um, no no we didn't we get the trees which are quite cool um (laughs) i think james one of my favorite characters in this story oh yeah definitely yeah um, and we get that uh, that little exchange between them where she she's given them a cutting and he just breathes on her, and it's quite uh, it's it. quite yeah it's quite flirty. Yeah. And she's like, stuff. oh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's more where that came from. Yeah, <laughs> so good. Yeah, I think rewatching this sort of in the lead up to this because like oh, I do and I, I have like a fondness for this episode because I remember like remember when they first brought DVDs out and it was like in three stories at a time for these oh yeah and i totally flew out and was like i need it and i remember just watching like those three first episodes like on repeat um but i'd, I'd kind of forgotten how sassy our sort of christopher eccleson's doctor is in this one between his dancing and his clapbacks and his flirting with trees and you're like i kind of forgot you always think he's quite the sort of serious post-war doctor that we know of now but actually i'd forgotten he's actually quite funny so much of this is so silly it is yeah and i love it um Mm -hmm. i think it i don't necessarily i'll be really interested to see what russell t davis's new era is like because i'm not sure it will i'm I'm not sure the silliness would work as much we'd be as tolerant of it now but i don't know like maybe maybe it's just because it it kind of changed so much over it became like really high drama i guess over Mm -hmm. over the years but it's so silly and fun. Like R- Rose was like, "Oh yeah, I think I saw this thing on Newsround Extra." Was that a thing? <laughs> I wanted to go and Google that. <laughs> it, it made me laugh so much. I don't know. There's I quite know a Newsround lot of this is... was a thing, but yeah, it's it's all dated quite quickly, isn't it? Even the phone and stuff. I know we'll get onto bits of this later, but the phone and stuff and everything, even the like the outfits and things. Yeah. I sat watching it at one point and went, "She's got Velcro trainers on." Like, wow, where do you get those now? She's 19 and she's rocking Velcro trainers. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that yeah. really upset me, but it did. I remember that Nokia because it had <laughs> it had a transparent screen, um, sorry, cover, but it also came with this massive guillotine thing where you put your photograph in and you stamp the photo and it no. ma- it made it made the image the shape of the phone case and you could put like photographs in it. Oh my goodness. Nice. Oh yeah, her wee Nokia. But yeah, I think, you know, going back to Russell T. Davis and his silliness, it, it, there's bits of silliness, as I say, that you were saying about Shona, like, it's, we don't tolerate it as much, but there's something about the way that Russell does it, maybe in this episode, that it is a bit tongue-in-cheek, and you almost oh, yeah. feel like it's a little wink at the camera. We're further down the line with some of the silly bits. More recently, you found yourself just going, "Oh, for God's sake!" You know, there's there's a 
a bit of a difference, I think, in that he yeah. is definitely taking the mickey. Um, but I think it's it's providing that that tonal balance. Yeah. You know, you know when um, when you want when you're creating a family show like this, and it was it was very much a, very much a case of not only was Doctor Who coming back, but it was the BBC really wanting to nail that Saturday night viewing thing again. Absolutely. So I think it was around about this time you started to get like Strictly Come Dancing and things like that. So it was, it was, mm. it was like what worked in the 70s and bring that back and update it. Yeah. Um, and so bringing this back and get family viewing. So you you want to have this, you know, do you want to have drama, but balance it out with things like humour? I think with um, with what, what you're talking about is that when they do have like comedy moments in, in uh, more recent series, it just feels like really clunkily written and just shoehorned in. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Russell T. Davis, one of the things he's very good at and very skillful as a, as a writer is he can he can flip that. It's sort of like a bit like what Douglas Adams was trying to do when he was script editing it. You know, get the get the the drama, but then counteract that with the with the humor, and then they can emphasize each other. But then you're not getting too bogged down and serious. But then it's not being too farcical. There's no kind of like pause for laughter kind of moment where you're like, ha, do you know? It just kind <laughs> yeah. of is just sneaked in, almost like you know, kids watching it might not get the reference, but the like the adults that are having to watch it with them will go, ah, you know, it, yeah, yeah. yeah. That nice little balance, stuff like the iPod joke with the the jukebox, the jukebox yeah. and stuff. You know, kids at the time would be watching that, going, "Well, that's not an iPod. They've got that wrong." And all the adults went, nah, like, you know, and then it just moves on. There's no kind of like boom kind of moment. Well, one of the things is, um, again, it's sort of that that nerdy thing of Rusty Two Divas. Because if you're a if you're a, like a big Doctor Who fan with one of the jokes in this, you go, "Ah, oh, yeah, that's the mm. same joke that they did in the chase." With when they have the excerpt from the Beatles in, and then Vicky's going, I didn't realise they played classical music. And it's just, oh, of you know. course. It is. And then, of course, <laughs> they, yeah. they, they, they do that with this one with, um, who is it again? Is it Billy Piper? No, no, not Billy Piper. She's in it. No, um, oh, that would be it's, funny. It's, um, oh, it's uh, <laughs> when, when Cassandra's like, a traditional earth ballad. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's, yeah. it's Britney Spears. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I was Britney actually Spears, listening but... to Britney today because of this. I was just peeling potatoes <laughs> over there, just listening to Toxic. Incredible. Flesh Toxic him. and tatties. <laughs> <laughs> is there not a soft sell bit in it as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there is. Oh, yes, there is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a couple of other guests. We get the Moxie Balhoon um, appearance of the repeated meme, the face of Bo, and then we get Cassandra. Um, was she inspired by it, somebody, I wonder? Or does this reflect some real-world fears of where we're going? <laughs> it was definitely having a dig, wasn't it? I mean, I know, like, I mean, especially maybe in the mid-2000s, like, plastic surgery was, I, I don't know, a, a big thing, wasn't it? It's being, mm. it still is. It's being criticised all the time, and... Yeah, it's yeah. always a hot topic, right? Yeah. Um, do you think they nailed it visually? I know a lot of hard work went into it and there was like over 200 visual effects shots in this episode. Mm. Um, and it was the mill that did all the all the CGI. Um, I think all things considering they did really well. Yeah, so, I think mm. so. We got like the, the veins pumping and mm-hmm. even yeah. watching it now, it, it doesn't look um, too crap. No, I don't think it's... <laughs> 
high praise. That's indeed. the bar. It's not too crap. <laughs> it doesn't look too crap. <laughs> well, you know, but for example, sure, like a lot of CGI is a bit like dated or like a bit cheap looking or whatever. But it's not something that I don't know. It's never something that really bothers yeah, I don't me. I think it's but, aged too badly at all. Yeah, but specifically, Cassandra does still that. It does look quite visceral. The yeah, the thinness and the and seeing the veins and the blood. Mm. It, it, it is. It's enough to kind of make your skin crawl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she makes the a good bit, villain. Yeah. She does. She's great. Yeah. The only bit that I noticed that I was like, there's a bit of a crack. See when the little spider job opens behind Rose when she puts it down, when she's in that scene on her own in the room, that one, when it crawls out, you can almost see that she's like a still cut out as the thing, but just slightly. All right. That one bugged me. But actually, overall, even the little spiders and stuff, I think, still look really good yeah yeah look fine mm-hmm. yeah because I, I don't know whether any, any of you've seen the movie minority report which i think came out just a couple mm-hmm. of years before this did and they, they've got sort of like similar type um spider-like robots and um obviously with minority report uh, it was a film directed by steven spielberg it starred tom cruise a big hollywood science fiction story um this isn't actually you know surprise surprisingly it's not a million miles off from that so yes i think um yeah i would agree with you i think the cgi holds up quite well all i remember from that film is like tom cruise eating the moldy sandwich and then losing his eyeball <laughs> yes moldy I remember. Sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's a, there's a bit in it where he he ends up getting uh, eye transplants and he's recovering so his his um his face is bandaged and the guy uh, who did the surgery has left him in the room and went oh there's there's a sandwich in the fridge and he, he leaves him like a rope doesn't he leading at the fridge yeah, and the th- and, and then you, you cut to it, and there's there's a nice uh, glass <laughs> yeah, of milk, a lovely fresh sandwich, and on then the other like... shelf. So that yeah, there's a yes. moldy. This is sa- a real film. Yeah, so <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So you're yes. looking in the fridge. There's a lovely sandwich and a nice bottle of milk. On the next shelf, there's a moldy sandwich and an off bottle of milk. And because he's ha- he's had an eye transplant, he can't see, so he why he eats the, eats the bad sandwich. He eats the bad sandwich. And he's like, oh, my God. So he washes it down with the milk, but he picks up the wrong milk. It's just a disaster. Oh. (laughs) I was just allowed to happen. (laughs) Rob, that is the first scene that I think of every time. You know, when I think of Minority Report, I think of the same scene as well. I don't know what it is. It's so weird. I'm going to YouTube it immediately following this. (laughs) (laughs) I might not. (laughs) Thanks. No, I'm I'm good. I'm good. So, Jabe, the tree lady, she figures out that the Doctor's a Time Lord because she's got her little device, Mm -hmm. big birds whistling and things. Um, So she's like, oh, that's impossible. So she knows. Um, Quite a bizarre stalkerish way she goes about that by just being like, oi! It's not like... Yeah. You know, when she... I don't know. There's something quite weird about that. I know. Literally, yeah. Um, so Rose is feeling a bit overwhelmed, like as you would. I would have passed out by now, probably. So Rose is sitting by herself, and it's that scene where you said the robot spider comes out mm-hmm. um, behind her. Um, then the doctor comes in, so they have a nice little chat, sitting opposite sides. Um, what is it? This what is it they talk about? Um, they have their first little domestic because she yeah. won't. She wants to know where he's from, and he's having none of it. But yeah, I think you're right. It's more that she's overwhelmed the situation. And and also she's just had that conversation with the plumber where she's been like, you know, I 
I didn't even think about it. I just went off with this person I barely knew. And and now she's aware that he's also maybe kind of keeping things about her his, uh, about his identity from her. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so understandably, she kind of yeah. freaks out of it, I guess. But then she gets to ring her mom. Um, oh, that's nice. Yeah, and I was thinking about I that. that. I thought, scene. why doesn't she mention like the shop window dummies? But then Jackie says um, something about doing the lottery at work. So she's obviously rang her before the events of Rose. Oh. Oh, I never picked up on that. Good otherwise, otherwise that. she'll. Yeah, it would be, yeah. Weird. She yeah. Said be a bit weird if she was nearly killed and then the next day she's just ringing her up and not mentioning it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That said, though, Jackie Tyler. I mean, yeah. the woman's got shit to do. <laughs> she's got washing to do. She's got her washing to do. That red top's falling apart. Aye. <laughs> I love Jackie Tyler. I love the last that plays uh, Kim Camilla Camilla Kudur. Oh, yeah. Camille Kudur. Camille you know, you, we all know yeah. who I mean. Yeah, oh, I think she's timeless. So good. Yeah, I know her from a film that I used to watch on video over and over called Nuns on the Run. <laughs> oh my god! Oh yes, I remember that with Eric yeah, Idle Col- and Coltrane, uh, Robert yeah. Coltrane. Yes, what? and she was this <laughs> yes. almost blind girlfriend. And she she had these big jam jar glasses and like she's like I've lost my glasses and she was, I don't that's all I really remember. Oh, that's bananas. <laughs> yeah. She was like a kid in that. Yeah. Wow. I don't remember much else from the film. I remember like they're undercover as nuns, and then they're like in the mm. women's shower room, and there's actually like topless women walking around, and they're just sat there dressed as num- nuns, just watching them. <laughs> it's really weird. Oh, it's quite a strange film, actually. Yeah, I want to think about it. I mean, it's nuns on the run. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, what word do you need? Yeah, it was. I thought. Yeah, it's directed by Jonathan Lynn, who was the co-creator of Yes Minister. Just a, oh. just a such a such a contrast of comedies. Oh. I want to yeah. watch uh, watch nuns on the run now. Same. It's been years. It's probably dated a lot because oh, that yeah. came out in 1990 or something. And you probably surely. But uh, yeah, yeah I want to watch that now. See what we're talking about overlapping actors, right? And Rob, I'm really hoping you'll get this right. The guy that is the steward in this. Oh yeah. Was He's about in... to die. Yeah, but he was in Red Dwarf. He is. Oh wait, no, I'll get this. No, okay. He's in Hollow Ship. Is he the is he the captain or something? No. No. No, he's not. Is he He's the snippy second in command one, Randy Navarro. Right, okay. <laughs> Yeah, he's just playing exactly the same character, like just a stuck-up little shit. That's great. That's cool. But yeah, he's in he's in Hollow Ship, and I just yeah. I was like, yes, I need to get a Red Dwarf fact in. Yeah. Sorry. Also, Two Flibbles podcast. When's that happening? Yeah, it's <laughs> ASAP. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I need to find mine. Yeah. Please make it happen, guys. Uh, but the whole time you're going to make it like the flibbles are talking, right? <laughs> just just sit with them lurking in the background. Yeah, and just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just, just for, con- for context, Liam, I mentioned again. doing a Red Dwarf podcast. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> So good. Yeah. Quibbles with flibbles? <sighs> that could be like a section of the podcast. Okay. Yeah, we have yeah. like a little rant, but at the end, yeah. you take that. You're welcome. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then the rating system, Mr. Flibble will be very cross. 
<laughs> Depending on how annoyed we yeah. are, we might activate or... sex vision. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so up for this. Okay, anyway, how did we get onto Hex Vision Penguins this week? Uh, I'm so sorry. From the Stewart, yeah. Sorry, yeah. So he dies. I have a problem with this. So he's in his office. All the spider did was press a a button on his keyboard. The death button. (laughs) Furious, Rob. Furious. Like, one button. And then he was like, oh, I don't know what to do. Like, he was pressing all these buttons. No, no, no. His defense mechanism is slap the keyboard. So that. They're like sabotaging platform one. They could do this by like, I don't know, cutting wires and shit. But no, they're just walking. They're walking in front of him. One button. It's yeah, it's outrageous. It's the only part in the whole because I thought this was really well written and really like concise. Yeah, sure. There's bits where maybe like like I know I mentioned like maybe Rose doesn't have much to do in that room or whatever, but. Otherwise, it's fairly like watertight, okay? But this is no, the only bit. I disagree with you profoundly on that because there's a, the way that the story resolves itself oh, okay. way back in 2005, and I still think it now, is stupid. Whoever was the architect and the engineer of this uh, space station should have been shot. But we'll get yeah. on to that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's. That, Hey, that's probably true. I didn't think that much before I said it was watertight. But like, I mean, like, he's guess, a beast in him. But the only, the only bit that I personally was like jarring to me was that this little thing just pressed one button. It was like the only time I was like, "What the hell's this about?" Like, why was that even yeah. a button? It's like the button he's yeah. never allowed to push. Why would you ever need something that just removes all your safety features? And there's no undo. And there's there's, there's no code on it. There's no like, are you sure? <laughs> like, would you like to continue? Yes. Nothing. <laughs> instant death. Nothing at all. Um, no instant death by sunlight. <laughs> yeah, and also again, like with going back to the CGI, is it just me or does the wee thing have a slight like middle finger attitude when it does it? Like, as it presses the button, it's proper like eh, yeah. <laughs> as it does it. It's brilliant. I really yeah, enjoyed it's, it. Yeah, it's they've clearly, got attitude. You know, AI for this little thing, which is just designed for this, it's clearly got a personality. There it was just, a little bit of an <laughs> attitude. It, it, it to relishes it. it just a bit too much. Just it go. was like a toddler when you do that, don't touch that, and they instantly go <laughs> and keep going with it. It was just like, yeah, there he goes. Oh, you, you, brought me, you brought me back some childhood memories. I remember when I was a kid, I think it was like four or five, and Miss Selfridge is just going on for a wander. And there was this big wheel behind the clothes. And what does that do? Turned it and all the shutters come crashing down. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, the, and then oh, I think I was about seven or something at this point. The, the, there was there was some shop and the uh, the till was in the middle of the uh, the middle of the uh, the floor. So you could easily go behind the till. It's like, oh, what's that big red button? The shop assistant st- just stopped me from pressing this big red button, which would have like shut the shop down and got the police over. Oh. <laughs> Why were you constantly behind desks and shops as a child? <laughs> just the design just of the to explore. Oh, Yeah, just wander off and explore. <laughs> right, well, now we've torn shreds off it. Yeah, where are we next? Um... So Rose speaks with Cassandra um, as they overlook the sun. We get a bit of a backstory from Cassandra. Um, this is probably one of our longest scenes because I, w- I was reading that 
she gets almost like four minutes screen time in this episode. That's it. I think that's well, that, I think that's nearly that's less than Darth Maul got in Phantom Menace, and he he was only in five minutes. I think. <laughs> yeah, that they have a bit of a chat here. Um, was, was she a little boy? <laughs> she said. <laughs> yeah, she does say that somewhere. Hmm. Yeah. But um, it's, yeah, is Rose a bit rude here? Yeah. She she does kick off. I know we eventually find out that Cassandra's like out to murder everyone, but at this stage we Rose don't doesn't know, know this. She's just like she you're a bitchy trampoline, quite hot, doesn't she? She does kick off like fairly quickly. I'll say yeah. yeah. She's just saying what we're all thinking. <laughs> you're yeah. a bitchy trampoline. It's like Jesus. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> to turn up at a party and just wander over to someone and go, listen, you're absolutely a massive liar. Yeah. You're not the last human. You look a state by. And just what? Yeah. Where did she, that come from? Who asked she, you? But Cassandra like, was really Cassandra. composed. Like she didn't like yeah. flap her or anything. She didn't rise to it. <laughs> nah, Say what you like about Cassandra. She. <laughs> what was she going to do? Though, like lash out. I mean, she's not going to hit anybody, is she? She's just going to wobble. What was she going to do? <laughs> Yeah, that's true. She's had to learn to. <laughs> zero defense mechanism. Well, yeah, that's that's very true. <laughs> She's got lots of funny lines, Cassandra. She um, is great. I think, I think because any... Zoe Wanamaker's great. I think they've given yeah. her quite a lot of her personality, and I'm I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's looking back then, I never would have imagined would get another story with her, like an emotional one, a little mm. bit. It's like, yeah. it's like uh, when James Cameron did Terminator Two. He was like, "I'll only do this if you can cry at the Terminator." Yeah, this is the same. Yeah, yeah exactly the same. <laughs> this is definitely a parallel. <laughs> I wonder if that was this. done. <laughs> I'll only do it. I would only do a second Cassandra story if you could cry, at Cassandra. Do you know what? The... Yeah, though. <laughs> Yeah. It checks out. That's how all villains get sequels, though, isn't it? They need a backstory. Well, yeah, because what else are you supposed to do with it? Yeah, like mm. a second time around. They can't just keep being yeah. evil. Yeah. And then she was, turns out she, she wasn't a boy. Oh, yeah. Oh, <gasps> or was she? Who knows? Well, maybe not just not when we knew him. Yeah. yeah. She might have been a little boy and then she might have been a. She might have been an ood and not had any gender. <laughs> Oots are definitely referred to as male. I know they are. They're like, he will help you. Like, they... I'm not saying there's not female Oot, but I don't think we meet any. Or if maybe we meet any, they're not gendering refer- Oot. Yeah, yeah, maybe the Oot. The thing, the, the, what worries me is, I don't think the Oot would say. <laughs> they're too polite. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. I think they'd just be like, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so... I am here to serve, or whatever they'd say. Hmm. We get some cool exchanges with Jabe and the Doctor. They're walking mm. through like a concrete corridor, and she's like, "Oh yeah, this ship is state of the art." <laughs> um, and then she says, "Like, oh yeah, I know what you are." And the Doctor gets a bit teary. I love that shot of just the the, the Doctor just staring straight down. You know, when she's apologized, I'm so sorry for what's happened. And at this point, we don't really know what's happened either. We don't have much of a backstory mm. on him either. And just, I don't know, I love the way Chris Eccleston plays that, the way he just looks like dead down the camera and you go, like, I still can't figure out whether like he's, like there's an anger bubbling up or whether it's like an emotional or he's going to burst into tears. It's just the look on his face. It's really, really well done. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
And you wonder, is this one of the first times that people have shown him empathy for this position? Like, has he been mm-hmm. met with confrontation over it before? And oh, there's just so, yeah, there's so many ways you can read the way that he mm-hmm. plays it, for sure. And for whatever they've done with that storyline since, and, you know, they then sort of introduced all the war doctor and we did get more and more to it. Even right through, like, you know, before, before we even got David Tennant's Doctor, they started kind of adding a lot more to the story from there. That scene still holds up for mm. as early on as it was. I don't know how much of that they had kind of pre-planned of how much the, the mm. Doctor's backstory was going to be from there, but it still holds up that you can totally see that kind of post-war trauma or whatever it is that he's carrying. I don't know how you want to word it, but... Yeah, I mean, it still stands up with all the stuff that's gone on to become, like, canon. Yeah. It's really good seeding this stuff in because, like, it'll get repeat viewers. There's a bit of mystery there mm-hmm. and continuity with the story. Yeah. I have a question for you all because when I was watching this, I was trying to remember what it was like to watch this for the first time. And this was kind of my entry to Doctor Who. You know, the first the first series I watched was the 2005 series. And I don't remember what it was like watching it. And, oh, but I suppose anyone else that was watching it didn't know that the, I don't know, Russell T. Davis's canon that he established that, you know, that the Time Lords had been destroyed and all that. So I guess, I guess it was a mystery for everyone. But I don't remember what it felt like to watch it and not know that like i don't remember i don't remember watching it and being like oh what do they mean what what happened what happened to the time lords cuz just just because i i know the history now i just mm. can't remember and do, do any of you guys can remember watching this series and this episode and and not knowing not knowing what they were going to reveal and wondering what was going on well, I think me and Liam might have two different opinions on that. Do you want to go first, mm. Liam? Yeah, yeah, I can do. Uh, yeah, I remember that uh, uh, a lot, actually. Because obviously we were coming f- from the point of view at, the, at that point of, of knowing what Doctor Who was, and uh, we were excited that it was coming back. Um, I had a, I had mixed feelings about Rose, I've got to be honest, at the time. Uh, but when it came to watching this episode... Uh, I thought, oh, this is a step in the right direction. I, re- I really liked it. I thought all the stuff to do with the aliens was really cool. So I remember my reaction to this and just just really enjoying it. And that's still the case. In terms of the, the stuff about, you know, the, this thing about uh, the Doctor being a Time Lord and being impossible and the end of the Time Lords, and it's it's a bit more... You're right, we get this great emotional scene and then it, it, we get a little bit more of an explanation at the end of it. Um and I thought this was a great way of, of adding mystery to the Doctor. And I think uh, I remember thinking that it was really good for new viewers, but also it was good for for people who were clued up about, you know, who were familiar with their Doctor Who, I should say. Um, uh, it just, well, if he's the last of the Time Lords, it just added that mystery. I honestly thought that um, it would be kept as vague as possible. And I know I'm leaping ahead, but I know when we get that great scene between Martha and the Doctor at the end of Gridlock, mm. um, uh, when he's talking about, you know, Gallifrey and Burned Orange Skies and, you know, I th- just these little glimmers. I thought it would be sort of, um, I thought 
that's pretty much all that that we would get. But I I remember uh, really liking it and thinking it was being a mystery. Well, hang on. I, I, but I remember Rob mentioning some at the time. But anyway, over to you, Rob. Well, at the time I was reading the Eighth Doctor books, which were coming out yeah. at the time, and mm-hmm. they finished their run. I think it's it was like halfway through or shortly after series one. Yeah. And the whole theme of that was a time war mm-hmm. with Gallifrey already gone. Um, so I was like intrigued and excited that it was tying into that. I was a bit concerned about the viewers, like they're not reading the books, how they're going to understand that. It turns out that it was a, com- it was, it wasn't even connected. It was a completely different time war. <laughs> and so like the one in the TV is the last great time war. Um, so yeah, it didn't it turned out not to be that. Like I was reading the the final eighth Doctor book and I thought, well, where's the Daleks? What's happening? Um mm. it just didn't it didn't tie in. Um so Yeah, but that's it, what it, I meant. I remember I remember that I think it might have actually been after this episode was broadcast. I remember you mentioning that to me, thinking, Oh, when Russell T. Davis has clearly been inspired by the BBC books and you know, with the time war in that. Um but yeah, I remember you mentioning that. So. Yeah, but I wish I didn't know about that actually. Then I wouldn't have mm. been like so worried about it and stuff. <laughs> worried, I don't want to say. <laughs> Losing sleep over it, were you? Yeah. <laughs> Caroline, do you do you remember what that was like? I mean, yeah, I mean, again, similar to yourself, Liam. I think I was quite excited because I was going, "There's a story arc here. Like, there's got to be more to this." And then, of course, with it being a sort of time travel based thing you think well we're definitely going to go back and we're going to see this or we're going to something's going to come up to do with this whether or not I had pictured anything like what it was going to what it it transpired to be I don't know but um, you certainly I think probably even from that episode you get the impression of like well something's happened to the entire planet and it's it's gone Um, so you know it it spells it out easy enough for you, I guess, that, you know, something's going on. Um, but yeah, no, again, I think from what I can remember from watching it at the time, and again, because I had those DVDs and I just like watched them like repeatedly um, and probably slightly obsessively, you do go through it kind of looking for like, have I missed something? And I remembered quite on with those first couple of early series, like sort of with this one, with the Ninth Doctor and the Tenth Doctor, really loving looking for patterns or things that you've missed the first time round or like little clues you know like the bad wolf stuff and all that kind of drip feeding stuff I, I loved that there was a bad wolf reference in this there is a bad wolf reference in this although weirdly when I you missed watch it, it with the subtitles on bbc iplayer it gets it wrong so does it um yeah and it comes up with the bad boo and i'm like <laughs> what? <laughs> what now <laughs> bad boo. well what's yeah. what, what's the reference i completely missed it it's literally just a cutaway when it cuts back to the room at some point with all the guests in it. Yeah. And um, little Jimmy V is, you just overhear like a snippet of conversation when he goes, this is the bad wolf scenario. And at the time you just go, what? It's so subtle. It's oh, that's so... good. Yeah. And it was one of those ones that, again, like, as you say, when you rewatch it, you go, oh. <gasps> Like it was, it's been in there from episode one and two. Like what? Maybe um, I didn't notice it because I did have the subtitles on. So maybe I also read. And he that was boo. just talking about a bad boo. <laughs> I remember one thing uh, when this when this series was uh, running in two thousand and five. 
the whole bad wolf thing went right over my head it wasn't until um again this was when i was in sixth form there was a group of people just talking about doctor who and these were people watching it for the first time and they were clearly enjoying it and they were talking about oh i wonder what bad wolf is and went what are you talking about (laughs) uh for some reason that was just the whole story arc went way over my head it was just well i clearly haven't been watching it with the due attention it deserves i mean first time round, i didn't get it till far further through the series i mean obviously at that point you know, this is only the second episode. It wouldn't have meant anything. Probably didn't even hear that bit of conversation. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things, as you say, when you go back and you watch it now, you're like, oh, yeah. um, it's it's quite exciting. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I I missed a lot of them. Um, so it was probably halfway through that I, um, people were talking about them, and then I started. Mm-hmm. I was reading the Ninth Doctor books at the time, um, mm-hmm. and Bad Wolf pops up in each one of those briefly as well oh that's yes no there's a couple of them i've got as well because i read one at school i did a really really dodgy one at school where we were to do like a book review in fourth year and i forgot and i had one of those books in my bag having not read it managed to stand up and give like a 10 minute book review (laughs) on the basis that i went well it's a bit of a mystery and i don't want to spoil the ending guys (laughs) mainly because i don't know what it is yet you just and you just spouted some doctor who shit (laughs) i mean everybody at school had already just was like she's weird so it made absolutely zero difference to any of my standings at school at all oh that that weirdo's just gone (laughs) nerds got up to the back of the class again she's off on a sci-fi one again um got away with it got away with it got quite good marks for it from what i remember so that's incredible inspiring work yeah (laughs) so i guess i guess we should try and wrap this story up so move on a little Mm. bit to the ai story yeah yeah yeah, yeah, we'll get this okay so back on the observation deck everyone's wondering who's behind everything um the doctor releases the robot it goes back to its master the repeated meme but then the doctor and then cassandra goes jacuz which i really (laughs) enjoyed (laughs) it's unnecessarily camp it's gorgeous yeah it's so good (laughs) but yeah the doctor the doctor's like it's not them go back to your real master so goes to her and she's looking really shifty turns out it was all about money anyway um, he likes a good uh, capitalism allegory, mm. RTD. <laughs> yeah, he loves and then, it. And then she gets away. You know the line where uh, the doctor says, "What are you going to do? Moisturize me?" Which is like obviously a memorable, funny line, which I would never forget. But what I had forgotten is that what makes it really funny is that immediately after Cassandra goes with acid. <laughs> <laughs> Like that's what makes it really funny. What are you gonna do? Moisturize me with acid. <laughs> I really want to see them do that. Moisturize someone with acid. Mm. Thing is, though, like you wouldn't even get, get it. You wouldn't even get it on your hands. You know, you'd you'd need a non. You need an acid repellent. Yeah, I don't think I don't think glove. they were about to squeeze out the lotion and start rubbing it on. I thought they were just gonna spray it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so um after she's escaped the place is blown up 
Um, and the Doctor and Jabe return to the room that they found earlier with big fans. And they need to flip a switch across the bridge behind the big fans. Um, yeah, who 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 built this thing? It's, it's ridiculous. Some raving lunatic. <laughs> looks so mad. So they've put a, a very important, crucial to life switch behind these fans. But mm. they put an instant death switch on the keyboard upstairs. Mm. Mm. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> no, I remember it's I mean I do enjoy this episode an awful lot. And mm. uh, I've you know, I have you know, I've watched it you know many times over the years and I will always happily rewatch it. Yeah. But one thing that has always remained with me, it was my reaction in two thousand and five, and it's my reaction now of just going, This is ridiculous. My my review at the time back in 2005 was just like, that would make sense in a PlayStation game. It doesn't make sense <laughs> yeah. in a television drama. You know, as as a put you know, a puzzle, you've got to, you know, got a time to uh, get between the fans and then flip. It doesn't the even make Great. sense how he got game. through. He just <laughs> did not he just step through it and just it's not just die. stupid. Was he just hoping he wouldn't die? What's that? How did he, how did he survive? Like, could we go through a super well, fast fan just by like no? He, down I think he's through? because I think it was his time powers. Oh, because right. he closed his yeah. eyes and the Murray Gold music played, and yeah. and then he walked. So I think he just knew how to time it perfectly because he can understand ah, time. Fair enough. And listen, and listen. When he closed his eyes and the Murray Gold theme played, was I emotionally affected? Yes, but um, but it does beg the question. Why didn't he do that for all of them? Why did Jabe have to be burned alive? Mm. What a horrible way to die. Oh, yeah, yeah that also hor- happens really to be horrible. a dead man switch there that someone has to hold. And it's like, why didn't he just use timey-wimey power to go through every single fan? He's like, oh, not until that, not until that lady burns. <laughs> no way. Yeah, that really flammable wooden lady. Like... <laughs> What? It's so horrible when she's screaming and then he looks back and there's a whole person on fire. Like it was quite, mm. <laughs> it's really brutal. Mm. Um, but yeah, so he raises the shields, all is well. Jabe has died. So <laughs> hang on, that, that those two senses contradict each other, Rob. The do. In my defense, then, it says all just... is well, and then it's another bullet point. Javis ah, died. Right. <laughs> Still, it doesn't flow well, but carry on. Yeah, that's that's our note. <laughs> so, so the doctor returns. He tells the tree people about Jabe, and then he's full of ideas about Cassandra. He reveals her teleportation feed was in the fire-breathing ostrich egg, and. He reverses it and brings her back. He's good in this scene, isn't he, Chris? Absolutely furious. Mm, yeah. Smashing ostrich eggs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I have a weird a weird like Chris. I have a weird note here. I think at some point it went exoglash repair. And every fiber of my being wanted to go like exoglass replace. <laughs> <laughs> They'll have gone out of business by then. It repairs itself. Surely not. Yeah, is that glazing company still uh, still a thing? Do they still advertise like that? I don't know. I don't listen to enough radio. It's been a while. That advert always bugs me because I always think it should be Exoglass 
replace Wait, it's auto Mun- yeah it's auto class isn't it <laughs> yeah, auto- yeah sorry was it yeah auto class repair auto, auto class replace <laughs> Uh, oh yeah so cassandra is starting to creak and she's drying out and naturally you know rose is only human so she has a lot of pity there um but the doctor just lets her die you know he says everyone has their time and everyone dies Mm -hmm. Mm. harsh bit harsh you know we were talking you know what we were talking about earlier with Russell T. Davis and um, yeah, striking the right balance in his writing between silly and fun, irreverent references and kind of emotional hitting drama. Mm. What I think he's really good is saying a lot with very little. Like th- this is one example here, I guess, but there's I think there's quite a lot of examples throughout even just like this episode where he can get a character to say one line and it's and we understand quite a lot about the situation and he just manages to say a lot with with very little and especially something very emotionally hitting like just that tiny bit where she says like well the actors deliver it really well as well Mm. but where she says help her and 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 she's great and that as well and then everything has this time and everything dies it's so small and it's just you immediately get so much information about mm. the doctor and what he's like and what he's feeling and about Rose and what she's like and what she's feeling and it's and it's over in two seconds. We it's even like, get the humor, the humor in there because Cassandra's last words is like, "I'm too young." Yeah, and she like, just splats. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's amazing. Like, he's juggling it all. Yeah, it's it's so cool. Something like that could go so preachy that you think, "Oh, I need to end on a big." Right. speech here and get all moral on you and you're like actually nah you don't you don't need that at yeah. all just one good line yeah yeah so rose is looking out the window at the fragments of the earth because everyone missed it um good visual effects i guess um it just happened in the blink of an eye the doctor takes her back to present day and this is where he says his planet also burned so not only have we had the whole thing about the Time Lords being gone, this episode is also presented like a parallel to that. So so Rose can now almost like empathize with the Doctor, and so can we, I guess. So that mm-hmm. gives it a, a bit of, a bit more impact. Mm-hmm. But what I'll add to that is that the but there's there's the hope with humanity because the whole thing is Rose has witnessed the complete destruction of the planet Earth and humans that used to reside there are no longer there. Same with the Doctor, but he makes the point of going, yeah, okay, you've seen this, but you can still go back. Whereas he can, he can never go back. So, mm. um, so, so, so yeah, you're, you're completely right, Rob. But again, there's that, there's that, um, that contrast between um, what it, what it is to be, you know, be this time lord alien and what it is to be human. Yeah, mm. and then they want chips. Yeah, which again is a don't we all? Uh, yeah, <laughs> chips are good. Fish and chips um, and robots. Yeah, I had chips tonight. Thing. I had oh. chips right before this podcast. I oh. didn't mean to. It wasn't a reference. I I, I didn't do it on purpose, but mm. I did just have chips. What well, did you order them or buy them or make them? 
Well, there's a, a chippy, um, like, almost below my flat, and it's got a really big vegan range. Um, and I got a vegan sausage supper. Nice. Um, yes. Nice. Delicious. I've got a bad reputation of going into a lot of chip shops and saying, are your chips vegetarian? And they're like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, I'm really bad at checking the chips. I guess, I guess like with the chippy I go to, I, I know that they have all the vegan stuff, so I know it's fine. But yeah. I'm usually like, the chips will be fine. Yeah, especially but when I'm ordering from like Chinese and stuff. I just don't ask. I don't ask. Bro, no, it, yeah. the chips they're probably They're fine. probably like throwing in chips and prawn crackers and God <laughs> knows everything. what in the, <laughs> in the same fryer. <laughs> Chuck some shredded beef in there. <laughs> fine. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, this is... This ending's like quintessential RTD for me. Actually, that's not true because I was about to say what I really like about this ending is it is emotionally hitting, but it's not overwrought. Like I find a lot of, especially like the end of the David Tennant run, uh, quite like indulgent and a bit mm. much. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, and a bit yeah, like kind of overworking it. Whereas this is is fairly small. It's just like <clears throat> you saw this. This crazy, overwhelming, huge scale thing, and now we're and now we're back having a normal day on Earth, and they go and get chips, and it's intimate. And he's, I guess the the other thing is that he, this argument they had earlier on the episode was that he wasn't, you know, he was keeping information about himself. He he wasn't he was, uh, he wasn't being open with her and uh, and being honest with her, and he's and he's given her like a little bit a little bit more. At, yeah, at the thing, end of actually, this yeah. Mm-hmm. It, well yeah yeah for sure mm. um and they seem more on kind of a level playing field at the end mm. of it as well but it's all very small and quaint and they just go and get mm. chips and it's normal but it's completely but it's huge as well mm. it comes back to what we were saying earlier about how nicely russell writes domestic do you know yeah. like how you know, again, it, it really plays into his hands with that one. And I think actually as well, it's a lovely example sort of with hindsight of the first sort of softening of this kind of war-hardened doctor that he becomes. You know, when you even think back to like the scene on the beach with the the sort of second version of the 10th doctor, when he's saying like, that's the me that you met at the beginning and he's still really angry. And, you know, this is sort of the first moment where he maybe just softens a little bit when he's like, Do you know what, I will cave into chips and I will tell you a little bit about myself. And OK, mm. it's the start of that bond, isn't it? It's really nice. Yeah, it's it's one of my favourite scenes. And I actually, I would say that it's, it's not just uh, quintessentially Russell T Davis. And I completely agree with everything that you've said. I think it's quintessentially Doctor Who. And I was uh, when I was watching it recently, I was reminded of, I don't know whether you've seen the Tom Baker years, but mm-hmm. um, when he when he reviewed the clip of uh, The Hand of Fear, which was Sarah Jane uh, Smith's final story as a, as a regular companion, one of the things he said that he really liked about the fact that, you know, uh, she was, you know, you could have a Hillview Road or Laburnum Grove, which is a wonderful contrast to the whole of the universe. And he was just going, that's mm-hmm. something just wonderfully that's just something wonderfully Doctor Who about that. You can have the whole of time and space, and yet you, and yet you bring it down to suburbia as well at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is a, I think this is a really good example of what what Doctor Who does. You you know you've just had the whole of the universe and the destruction of the planet Earth, mm. and now you have chips. Mm, yeah. 
I just think it's great. So yeah, I completely agree with your points. It's 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 Russell T Davis at his best, and I think it's uh, I completely agree with what you're saying later on that they, they they really overplay the emotion of it. This is pitched perfectly. It's not sort of mawkish mm. or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's great. It's Doctor Who and Russell T Davis just showing what they can do best. It's yeah, great. and it shows him as a fan that you go, you have got the tone of what you're picking up and running with here. Mm-hmm. Um, quite early on that he's obviously taken you know from those kind of previous episodes and gone okay let's just continue that here um, but actually going back to you know even the shot the way it's filmed is there's that one scene where the two of them are standing slightly robotically do you know and they've got everybody else just sort of out of focus in the middle of a high street and they're all milling about with like day to day and the two of them have got that kind of like processing what's just happened mm. And I really like that shot sort of visually as a kind of representation of what they're doing as well. It's it's a really nice little touch. I don't know, there's just something about the angle of that shot where it's focused in on the two of them, like, whoa. And everybody else is still, you know, chopping and getting chips and stuff. And it's just like visually still kind of pitching at the same, the same sort of storyline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really nice. So bef- before we give our like, closing the opinions on the story uh, she would do this, this fan fiction so so i'm gonna i'm gonna send this story to yes you. i'm gonna send you the link for. let's not read through it too soon let's do it to, let's do it together we'll do it cold okay look at us though on the edge of our seats <laughs> so let me know when you've got the page open and we'll begin and i, I promise yeah, I, right. haven't, I haven't read this Hold on. okay i've got i've i've got mine Sorry, my, uh, mine's still loading. Okay. I'm going to open uh, it up on my iPad. Oh my god, I'm so excited. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> uh, got it. Shona, are you ready? Uh, oh, yes, 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 I'm ready. Okay, so we'll we'll begin. Right, this... I'm just opening it on my iPad. Are you going to read the stage directions, Rob? Shall I be the, the narrator the in the directions? Okay, I'll be the narrator. So this is a dramatic reading of Fish and Chips and Robot Apocalypse. Fade in. Exterior abandoned warehouse day. <laughs> Liam and Rob, hosts of the Cloisterbell podcast, are wandering around an abandoned warehouse. <laughs> Why? Wandering around an abandoned warehouse, looking for any clues about the doctor's disappearance. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings, fellow Hoovians. We're here. <laughs> We're here in an abandoned warehouse looking for any signs of the doctor. As you can see, it's quite deserted and creepy. <laughs> Just like my dating life. Oh my god. <laughs> um, Rob laughs. Come on, Liam. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Come on, Liam. We need to focus. As they continue to search, they hear a noise and turn to see their... (laughs) They turn to see their old Scottish friends. Shona and Carolyn from the My Adventure Adventure in Time and Space podcast. Liam! Rob! It's so good to see you guys! What are you doing here? Yes, we were investigating the same thing. Have you found anything yet? 
Mm, not yet, but we're working on it. So how is life in Scotland treating you? Oh, you know, it's cold, rainy, and everyone's always drunk. <laughs> Sounds like my kind of place. <laughs> Suddenly, they hear a loud, <laughs> a loud banging noise. <laughs> and turn to see a group of Daleks approaching. Oh no, Daleks, what do we do? Leave it to me. Shona pulls out a sonic screwdriver and starts to hack into the Daleks' system. Is is that even legal? Don't worry, I'm a professional. After a few tense moments... Shona manages to reprogram the Daleks to be peaceful and friendly. How did you do that? It's all in the wrist action. I'll bet it is. (laughs) 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 Oh, God. I think that's something I would say. (laughs) The more you think about that, the worse it gets. The group celebrates their victory over the Daleks. Well, I think we should report this to the authorities. <laughs> authorities! Actually, I was thinking we could just go get some fish and chips. My treat? Sounds like a plan to me. Count me in. The group walks off, laughing and joking. Fade out. <laughs> Fade in. <laughs> Are we still in the abandoned warehouse? There's no location. Wait, it's... No, we're okay. We're getting there, we're getting there. Oh, sorry. Yeah, okay. The group is sitting in a cosy fish and chip shop, chatting and enjoying their meal. (laughs) So, how did you become such a skilled hacker? Well, it's a long story. Let's just say I had to learn some survival skills when I got lost on an alien planet. And I'm the one who had to rescue her? Hey, I can take care of myself. I think we all know who the real hero is here. <laughs> Do we? <All> right. <laughs> wow. S- suddenly, the shop starts to shake and the lights flicker. This must be it. The doctor must be back. Or it could be something much worse. Either way, we have to investigate. The group rushes out of the shop and sees a giant robot attack in the city. <laughs> oh my goodness, what is that thing? I don't know, but we have to stop it. I hope it's not allergic to fish and chips. <laughs> <laughs> we need a plan. Any, any ideas? <laughs> I think we need to find a way to shut it down from the inside. <laughs> but how do we get inside? <laughs> I'll distract it with some witty banter and you guys can sneak in. That might just work. <laughs> I can't read this through my tears. <laughs> The group splits up with Liam distracting the robot with his quick wit while the others sneak inside. 
they manage to reach the, <laughs> the control room and Shona uses his sonic screwdriver <laughs> to shut down the robot. How did you do that? I told you, it's all in the wrist action. I'm at it again. Well, I think we should report this to the authorities. I think we should celebrate with some more fish and chips. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Another round of fish and chips, fucking hell. <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> The group laughs and heads back to the shop <laughs> for another round of fish and chips. Fade out, fade in. <laughs> As the group finishes their second round of fish and chips, they hear a familiar sound. <laughs> Excitedly. Oh, sorry, I don't say that. Is that the TARDIS? It must be. The TARDIS materialises in front of them and the, and the door opens, revealing the Doctor. Oh shit, who's going to play the doctor? Oh. Liam? <laughs> Someone do a different voice. <laughs> no, Rob, you could be the doctor. Go on. Yeah, go on. Hello, my dear companions. Did you miss me? <laughs> nah, we had fish and chips to keep us busy. <laughs> I see. Well, I'm glad you all managed to save the day without me. We make a pretty good team, don't you think? Mm-hmm. You certainly do. I'm lucky to have such capable friends. Well, we should probably get going. We still have a lot to report and discuss. Yes, but we should do this again soon. It was a lot of fun. Next time, I hope we get to fight some more robots. The group says their goodbyes and heads off in different directions, ready for their next adventure. Fade out. What just happened? That was a lot of fish and chips. That's so funny. Rob, guys, Rob, Liam, you, you should do this every time for every so for, good. for every episode that you do. Yeah, it's so funny. I'd quite like to know how it's managed to translate the personality stuff I gave you about being slightly introverted as going up as just being a dickhead in a grass. Like... She works for the console. We must go to the Jesus. <laughs> just wanted to report to the authorities all the time. All the time. Like I was just I was hacking Daleks. Make me a dickhead. <laughs> well, my whole entire personality was summed up with more fish and shit. <laughs> no, no, no. You were bringing the witty banter. Oh, uh, and the um, witty banter. Yes, yeah. that bit about your date, your date in life as well. It's quite it's quite deserted and creepy, just like my dating life. <laughs> <laughs> what a like what a presumption on the part of a CI. Can I just see if you, do you guys do like when you do your trailers for this, can it just be Rob going, I can't read for my tears? <laughs> I like the bit, Rob. I like the bit, Rob, where you said, I think we all know who the real hero is here. <laughs> None of us are any the wiser. <laughs> well, that was good. But... Yeah, I'm yeah. Thanks, Rob. That was good. That was, yeah, this so is really, really good. <laughs> Ooh. Oh. Really good. We're never going to top that. That was it's exceptional. It's all downhill. Oh, I'm going to immediately read it to 
everyone that'll listen every, to it. Everyone <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to carry it about in my pocket. <laughs> it was funny, though, the AI just wrote that in like a minute. Oh my God, it's that's terrifying. So how do you go, how do you, where do you, where do you get it? How do you do it? It's this AI chatbot. I'll send you the link. You can just oh, get a login. Oh, please. Yeah, I... I think it's, it's going to it take over my life. We're getting nothing done on Saturday, Sean Harvey. Realistically, and I, now, we are you getting know what I mean? nothing and, done. Yeah, and I hang out with actors as well. Like, if I... Oh, man. I'm, ne- oh, I'm never going to get any work done. <laughs> <sighs> dear, oh, dear. No, oh, man. Have we got any listeners' responses this week, Liam? Uh, yes, I think we have. Let's have a look. Mm. <clears throat> we, we've got three. Ooh. So James Swift got in touch. It really depends on what you're looking for in Doctor Who. If you want an engaging plot that promises drama, you'll be disappointed. But if you want a weird and wonderful mess that really makes you feel like Russell T. Davis is having fun, you'll enjoy it. Personally, I love this episode. Yeah, sure. fair, fair point. Yeah. Joe said, like the rest of that first chunk of series one, End of the World has a few killer jokes and a few incredibly well-written and acted scenes that give us good insight into Nine and Rose as characters. But overall, the episode falls flat and fails to del- deliver a fully fleshed-out story, in my opinion. And Alexander said, Now then, the episode has amazing CGI and being a four-year-old at the time, I love the special effects and it all seems really alien. However... What were the writers on when they decided to put Apple in the year of the episode? Just like five billion in f- two thousand five. It's not hard. Oh yeah, it was There's like a lot of really random like numbers slash something dot something. They cup. really went hard on that. Yeah, there's it's a, a cup. cup in there, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> the year cup. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. I noticed that actually. Yeah. Yeah. No, agree. <laughs> there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, we did a poll. How would you rate the ninth Doctor story? End of the world, fantastic, average or bad? How do you think it went? I don't feel like it's overly offensive. I feel like most people would be fairly positive about it. Yeah. Okay. Um, At least average. Yeah. Sixty-five percent average. Thirty-five fantastic. And no one said it was bad. Oh, there we go. See. Yeah. Yep. Checks out. Yeah. So how was you, how do you rate it? I don't think it's like the most exciting one, but it is a bit of a comfort blanket one. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um. Do you have a rating system? Um, good, average, or bad? Oh. I I I kind of want to say good. I, f- mm-hmm. I feel like uh, I feel a bit mean giving it an average. Yeah, that's but fine. I, I, yeah, it doesn't I probably, have to be I, like brilliant to say. It's yeah, good. yeah. I'm gonna I say think... good. I'm always. I think I'd always be kind of happy to watch this. There's like enough in it that's entertaining and and fun. Yeah, and so much work went into making it. All like mm, visual yeah. effects stuff. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of it's still set up. You know, when you think about how new this was. I mean, obviously Doctor Who had gone on for ages, but this was only sort of second episode in. So they were actually still establishing a lot of ground rules. So there was some stuff to do. But again, I, I kind of have that nostalgia thing for it as well, because I do really vividly remember 
particularly those first three episodes, like the Rose, this one, and the Unquiet Dead, um, because they were all in that same sort of little box before they did the big box sets of them. They were the first little DVD set. Um, yeah, so I'm quite nostalgic. I do remember watching this. And what would you have been? Was this 2005? This came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know? So yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, this was like like the second ever Doctor Who story I saw ever. Like, mm-hmm. I do kind of remember having that feeling of, like, I don't, again, like, I don't remember the mystery now, but, like, I do remember that feeling of, oh, so this is what Doctor Who's all about, right? And, Does that and even that think, nice. did you watch this as it went out, or did I drag you down this rabbit hole at some point? I can't remember, honestly. I can't remember if I watched it as it aired, or if I, like, watched it on DVD at your house. I remember dragging you round for whenever we def- the Daleks came back. Yeah, we definitely did so watch them often at yours, but we may have just by then. Yeah, yeah. Also, see, I did the proper like gather round the telly and watch this. Like it's back, yeah, it's on, it's on. Like, yeah. yeah, so yeah, I think nostalgia for me as well. I would definitely put it in the goods. Yeah, I, I didn't like to gather around the telly with everyone, so I'd like go in a room on my own and in unplug shameful the phone. Shameful secrets. Yeah, <laughs> oh. I used to order a Domino's Closeted. every Saturday night as well. It's nice. So, yeah. Good memories of sitting on my own. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that was good. That's like I planned it that way. Like... <laughs> <laughs> but now you have like a family that that a Doctor Who family. You've got like children that watch Sarah Jane Adventures. Yeah. Mm, it's nice. <laughs> uh, well, I think that wraps it up for a day. Um, Liam, what are we doing next week? Um, we're doing some big Finnish audio stories, which um, one has chaos in the title. I can't remember what they're called now. Hang on, <laughs> but it's part of the, the the mammoth season eighteen epic that we're doing, uh, which uh, I regret. Uh, yeah, so we're, we're doing <laughs> season eighteen. We're doing like big Finnish stories that are like sandwiched in between the episodes. So this yes. this whole season's been taking us months and months and months to get through. And next week, you've picked two big Finnish stories, and each one of them is like two and a half hours long. Yeah, but it won't take that long to review them on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> um, so, one's called Purgatory 12, and the other's called Chase the Night. It didn't have chaos in the title. It, it just didn't had a at all. It C in it, but Chase the Night. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. Um, so, quick after-show chat, because we haven't really spoken about this. Um, yeah. oh, are we coming back? I think so. I think so. Yeah, I'm coming back. You're coming back. And, oh, well, I'll, I'll be there. Me. Right, okay, so well. so we'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to start. Um, yeah. probably in November time for the anniversary. Um, oh, I'm so excited. I think we'd mentioned like not doing it on the Cloisterbell podcast YouTube and perhaps doing like a, a shared YouTube account. So because yeah. it's everyone's yeah. thing, it's not like. Even sure. though we asked everyone, and then it just ended up being on our channel. It's not our thing; it's everyone's thing. Um, so maybe we should like rebrand it a little bit. Um, Ooh, and I, I was putting like a new logo together, a little bit, and like a new title. Um, I don't know if now's the time to say, but I don't know if you have like an idea of what it could be called. 
But um, shall I send you something privately so we're not saying it on air? Yeah, sure. Okay. Just give me a second and I'll find it. Are we just to yay or nay it? This is like a little concept I made on my phone. I'll design a proper one. So so what do you think of this idea? Ooh, yeah. I'll just send that to Liam as well. So instead of just simply the after yeah, show, which doesn't make sense as a title. Yeah. Well, we're not after any shows at the moment because there are oh, no. none. <laughs> yeah. So then we could yeah. have this kind of, we could, it doesn't have to be an after show all the time. It could just be like a new, a new kind of channel. Yeah, yeah. that's a bit fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I'm into it, man. Down for that, yeah. Good job. Yeah. Oh, we need to do one of these AI things with what right. <laughs> yeah. the after show. Are you coming back yeah, to a, do a, a Christmas part special two for this? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. 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 I'd do this every week. That's a riot. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> Imagine if it was oh, just fish and chips every week. <laughs> <laughs> that's the new podcast. Yeah, it'll just, just slightly edit one of the lines instead of like the familiar sound of the TARDIS, it'll be like the familiar sound of a defibrillator as they move on to their 10th round of fish and chips. <laughs> <laughs> and I've reported everybody on air to the authorities. <laughs> oh. And I finally reveal where that great wrist action is. Incredible. Right. <laughs> oh well uh we'll we'll wrap it up there. But thanks for joining. It's been really good. Yeah, really yeah, nice. it has been. Thanks, uh, thanks very much. Nice having a catch Thanks up. for having us. Um, thanks for having us. But hopefully, it'll not be too long before we catch up again. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Probably when we do the Secret Santa thing. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yes. yes. In the, oh, I don't know. Like we we could do just it. Just needs to be week. bold and pitch a date. I keep I keep saying to yeah. people like, "Oh, when's everyone free?" But yeah, and, and then it just Matt's like away Matt's again. like, "Yeah, whenever." And I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you're like, do you know what? We're doing it next week, and everyone will go, "Okay." So we just yeah, do, should we just yeah, do that. Happen. I don't know. Yeah. Oh well. Um. Anything else before we go? No, I'll tell you that's a no. Silence. No, no. Well, Well, maybe just a a quick opportunity just to name your podcast and where people can listen to it. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, That's a big (laughs) thing. Everyone's like, who the hell are these people? (laughs) (laughs) It's it's the kind of podcast old Scottish friends. (laughs) Remember? (laughs) And it's like, are they old friends or are we elderly? Like that. Excuse me. Um, So we are Shona and Caroline from the My Adventure in Space and Time podcast. (laughs) And the kind of premise of our podcast is that uh, I am a primarily modern Who fan and I'm finally going through all of classic Who from the very beginning in chronological order. And uh, Caroline is sometimes with me, uh, helping me and taking me through with her excellent knowledge. But also I have like a rotating a revolving door of guests uh, that come in and we're about we're, we've just gone into series three so next episode out is mission to the unknown and uh yeah and then we'll carry on from there so we're deep in the missing episodes which is a a fun time yeah are, are you regretting yeah. holding off on the missing episodes or yeah well i'm back on track now Okay. But yes, I did regret it. <laughs> I don't know why I did this. I think I think it was because I just started the podcast, you know, and it was just like, ah, I don't want anything to derail me. Mm. It's it's easier if I just I, if I just keep on the Brit Box train. I for some I think also I didn't think the 
I think I thought the missing episodes would be less accessible than they were. So I think I was a bit like, oh, that's going to be problematic. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll deal with that another time. But I think if I'd realized that it's actually not that big a deal, I would have just done them. But we're, we've already gone back and done the ones we've skipped. So we're just doing series three as normal now, which is nice. You're getting there. Yeah. yeah. Flowing through. Yeah. Yeah, and lots of after-show people have been, oh, I should get you guys on as well. I think I've been partly getting a lot of after-show people on, people that have Doctor Who podcasts, because I feel, I I don't feel as bad asking them to do missing episodes, because <laughs> I know that they'll be a bit more game, maybe, than people that are more of like a casual fan, you know? The long-term yeah. sufferers. Yes, the long-term sufferers. We're here for um, the pain. It, right, yeah. So, like, I had, I had Matt do, uh, from... Now that the time, no space, do um, Reign of Terror and Lovely Mark from All of Time and Space did The Crusade and Harry and Luke did Galaxy 4. Uh, yeah. So, hey, I'll be knocking on your door soon. It's inevitable. Yeah. Please, cool. please help me with a missing episode. <laughs> <laughs> None of my friends want to do it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, definitely. Hi. <laughs> oh well, um, you're actually our like first footers of the new year. We've had no guests on, so oh, good, oh. good way to kick that off. And so That's hopefully we'll get a lot more guests on. I am so glad you know what a first footing is. I tried because I tried to explain this to my boyfriend who is from Yorkshire, right? So like I you know the north i i don't know like I, I and he had no idea what i was talking about i was like i want to that's weird because it's like i was it's like, like i want to first yeah. foot you and he didn't oh, know what hmm. the... hmm. i thought hmm. i thought that was a i just thought that was a thing that yeah yeah so yeah. that's the thing i said because i thought well i thought it was something everyone knew but then i started to wonder if it was a regional thing because he didn't know so i was like oh maybe it's a scottish thing but then you guys just said it so i'm like Maybe he, maybe he's just not in the know. <laughs> maybe, maybe ask, ask Matt. Still a new Twitter poll coming on. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to go around and ask everyone. Yeah. You should do a Twitter poll about the ood. Yes, uh, yes. Let's do that. <laughs> Courtesy of your daughter. <laughs> You're laughing. I'm a social media person. I'm writing that down. Yeah, yeah. Get on it. <laughs> get to work. <laughs> Yeah, there's more of your promo. We're the social media side of things. We are. Oh, <laughs> my yeah. Adventure Pod. That's yes. our handle. Is at My Adventure Pod. Yes. Come and, and tell us what you think an Ood's knackers look like. <laughs> yes. And do they have one? Yeah. Do they have one? And if so, what do they look like? Yeah. This is what we want to know. No, actually, people might start sending us drawings. No, 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 no. That way. No. I thought you were going to see something worse than drawings. So. Or, or, or just unsolicited. Unsolicited. Yeah. yeah. No, thank you. Lots of oud pics. An image for you. Yeah. <laughs> Shall I do that right now? Wait, do what? Get an AI image. Your internet history is oh, right. Okay, so what? What should I type? And oud genitalia. <laughs> We are just going to get some odd genitalia, and then it's just going to be an absolute car crash. Okay, it's going to take a minute, but it's drawn it now. Oh, it's only a minute though. Come on, yeah, we can. Yeah, Yeah, a minute more. I was very specific. I said, "An ood from Doctor Who with a penis." (laughs) Oh, oh no, it's going to be horrible. (laughs) I don't want to see this now. 
I'm wondering all the ways it could interpret that sentence. Mm. Oh, God. I'm just looking for Rob's reaction here. The suspense. We're halfway there. Oh my I'm literally just trying to read Rob's face right now. <laughs> like you'll be able to pinpoint the second this pops up on his screen, won't we? Oh, yeah, yeah. <gasps> <laughs> you just see him faint off the back of the seat. <laughs> How did we get here? Jeez. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and there it is. It's just I don't know how to explain this. Send it on. <laughs> well, there's no penis. Good. Is that good or bad? I'll just, well, I'll just that's send not it. We signed, we signed up for it. <laughs> we signed up. We asked for, for genitalia. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't deliver. I'll just draw you on by hand. <laughs> Thank you. It's all in the wrist. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Does it resemble fish and chips? <laughs> Just so you know, I will be reporting yeah, this to the authorities. Classically. I will be reporting this. Let's see this. So this is an AI what? drawn image. What? Okay, but that's what its face. What the hell is this? <laughs> Are they just like, you just can't see the penis? That's... So they're fa- some of them are phallic shaped. Whoa, actually, guys. For the... real. The guy on the bottom left. Bottom middle as well is pretty well, yeah, what's, what's that going into his mouth? Their heads are phallic. Hmm. Oh my god, that that you're oh, Cassie, no. you're right. That bottom middle one is outrageous. It's quite upsetting, isn't it? Yeah. Hmm. Well, well, the listeners I mean, will top never know. Just a silo. Yeah, they'll never like, really... know. Yeah. And Do you on think? That note... <laughs> yeah, I think that's. I think we've yeah. topped it for this evening, really, haven't we? Well, goodbye, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye tune in next week for more mental scarring <laughs> anyone for another round of fish and <laughs> sweet dreams everybody the TARDIS cloister bell imminent disaster the cloister bell yes what's that well, it's a sort of communications device reserved for wild catastrophes and sudden calls to man the battle stations. That's the cloister bell. Don't worry about that for now. It's not really terribly significant. The cloister bell? Oh, no.